Welcome everyone to our Sunday School. Glad you're with us today. Uh, we've got a bit of a different setup this morning. So hello to my class who's over there. Uh, you guys uh, should be able to see. Let's see if we can move some things around. Can you see the screen? Yes. Do you see someone new with us today? Yes. Excellent. Uh, so we have with us today uh, Dr. Cody Curtis, and we are just beyond thrilled to have you, Dr. Curtis. Uh, I, I will say that uh, that your music and ministry has been a big blessing to us. But before we get to you, so we'll, we'll put you on pause for just a second. Uh, we're going to do what we normally do in our Sunday school, which is to read some scripture. Uh, so guys, if you've got your Bibles, let's open up to Philippians chapter 2. Uh, and we will read through Philippians chapter 2. Um, and there's, there's something I really want you to focus on as we get to... Uh, verse 5 in, in Philippians chapter 2. If you look back at Philippians 1, so we see the greeting, the thanksgiving and prayer, the advance of the gospel, living in Christ. Uh, and then if you look at your text, you'll see that the, the type of text shifts there in verse 5. So we'll I'll read through all of chapter 2. We'll come back and talk to that in just a second. So if then there is any encouragement in Christ... If any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world by holding firm to the word of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Now, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be encouraged by the news about you. For I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know his proven character, because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will also come soon. But I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier as well as your messenger and minister to my need, since he has been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. Indeed, he was so sick that he nearly died. However, God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. 
For this reason, I am very eager to send him so that you may rejoice again when you see him and I may be less anxious. Therefore, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and hold people like him in honor because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. Philippians chapter two. So if you look at that text in Philippians two in verse five, what do you notice about the text in your Bible? What happens? It shifts, right? It's, it's indented over. And the idea here is that uh, this is a different style of literature. And most theologians believe that this is a hymn. Now that's H-Y-M-N, not H-I-M, right? So we're talking into, we've moved into the space now of uh, lyrics and music for and by the church. And this is not my forte. Amen. <laughs> so that was both a, a terrible joke about forte being a musical term. There you go. So Dr. Curtis, this is what the class is subjected to. I, I apologize. Um, so I have asked a new friend to come and help us today. And not just any new friend, but a friend who's dedicated an incredible amount of his life to creating beautiful music and theologically rich lyrics. So please help me welcome class, Dr. Cody Curtis, if you would, please. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Thank so you Dr. Much. Curtis lives in Jackson, Tennessee with his wife, Melody. I can't make this up, right? I mean, this is just, it's too good. Uh, and their daughter, Elowen. Is that how you say her name, Elowen? Excellent, good. Uh, he works full-time for Union University as assistant professor of composition and theory. So that's amazing. Uh, he is also the founder, director, and composer for Solos. And Solos is a musical group, and they exist to tell edifying stories through adventurous artistic music that is rich in biblical theology. They have released four albums so far. Uh, so Romans, Hebrews, Jude, and Philippians. And I have read, Dr. Curtis, that your plan is to set all 21 New Testament epistles to music. That's the the plan, the very ambitious plan. So we'll see how far we get, but that's what that is, we would like to do. We will be praying for you to have a long and robust life so that you have time to do that. That is beautiful. Uh, and specifically, you know, the Philippians album has been a bomb to my soul as we have studied the epistle to Philippians. Uh, and I have encouraged my class to listen to this album uh, often. Uh, and the great thing is several of them reached out to me this week and told me what a great album it was. So we're we are thrilled, uh, but if you haven't yet listened to one of their albums, you can find all their music at salos.com. That's P-S-A-L-L-O-S. And anybody who names their musical group off of the spelling of a Greek word is my kind of guy. So like this is, we, you are like-minded brothers and sisters here, Dr. Curtis. Uh, so first, we just want to tell you, thank you for your contribution to our spiritual growth and development. Uh, thank you for writing beautiful music and theologically rich lyrics. Uh, and for being passionate about excellence. So I'd love to ask you a couple of questions and uh, then I'll turn it over for you to, to share with us this morning. So for those of us that have listened to the entire Philippians album, uh, we're presented with a really wide variety of musical styles. So can you tell us like, why you varied the musical styles in that album? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think it comes from a few, few, few angles. The first is that I grew up on a lot of music, a lot of a diversity of music. And so when I write music, I, I have these reference points of just stuff that I've listened to. But secondly, and more importantly, as I think about how I want to set these letters to music, 
I want our mu music to be, these albums to be characterful, and I'm trying to create continuity. So you do see from start to finish, it's one musical work. That way we can maintain con context in here that this is, you know, this is all of Paul's letter to the Philippians. But within that, I think there's artistic room for diversity. It really just depends on what the, the text prompts me to do. And an easy example would be, uh, you haven't gotten to chapter three yet, but Philippians three, where it's that um, opening passage where Paul is saying, if anybody has a reason to boast in their flesh, it's me. I'm a Jew of Jews, Pharisee of Pharisees. Like, I have the most reason to boast. And that just brought to mind uh, hip hop, which um, historically sometimes has been on the egotistical side. It's not to downplay hip hop at all, but I think a lot of people recognize that. And so I thought, well, then really to bring out the thrust of what that song could be hip-hop would probably be the best best voice for doing that and so and it was just my interpretation of it the way i wanted to present it so hip-hop made sense but for other passages where maybe the tone is a lot softer more introspective then there's a different style so trying to use different musical styles flex with that and see if, if that's a good way to best communicate scripture i love that i love that yeah one of the uh, i heard a a pastor friend of mine several years ago give me some advice about teaching and preaching, and it was preach with the grain of the text. So where the text is clear and firm, speak clearly and firmly. And where the text is encouraging, be encouraging. Like pick up and borrow and use and utilize that in your speaking style. And I think you've done that beautifully in Philippians. And if you haven't listened to Hebrews, Romans, and Jude, the, he does that there as well. Um, so one more question, and I'll turn it over to you. So how many times we're big, we're big on reading the scripture and hearing the scripture being read. So how many times do you think you read the letter to the Philippians in preparation for and development of the Philippians album? A lot. I don't know how many times my process, it takes a long time. So it, when I first choose Philippians or our patrons help to vote on the letter, but when we know that that's the one we're going to do, then it really is just reading it, soaking it in trying to get in, inside Paul's mind as much as possible. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reading it over and over and over and then consulting commentaries. And I spend a lot of time in the introductions of commentaries, I try to find out where, where, where do all the theologians agree what this letter is about and trying to formulate a good outline, a good structure for it. And, but yeah, my goal is just to let the, the text speak for itself as much as possible. Obviously, once I start writing songs, I'm distancing myself a little bit from the text, but my goal is always to drive people back to the text. So if they like our music, the natural flow should be, we'll go read the actual book of Philippians and because that's really where the beauty is. You guys see why I love this guy? Oh my goodness. Holy God. You, we, we've got a, a room of folks here and I'm sorry you can't see them, but uh, they are wrapped with attention and looking forward to what you're going to share with us today. So. Uh, I'll pass the baton to you for the rest of our time today. When you're finished, uh, I'll come back up and we'll close this out. But uh, I'm hopeful you might even be able, and you're sitting in front of a keyboard, so I'm hopefully be yeah. able to longer to today. Yeah, uh, that would be just a great joy. So now, in addition to the people in the room, we're also streaming this online. So our folks, uh, we've got, probably got a half a dozen so are folks on uh, on our Facebook page that can see this as well. So we're we're blessed and thank you again, Dr. Curtis. And uh, the floor is yours. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you for letting me be a part of uh, your Sunday school this morning. It's it's a joy for me. And Jim, of course, if you have any comments, questions as I'm talking, feel free to to nudge me. Um, but what I what I thought I would do today, uh, given what where y'all have been, where you are, is uh, three things. First, I think it'd be 
nice just to, to give you my understanding of what the book of Philippians is about from a big picture point of view. I'm, I'm all about a zooming out, looking at what the letter is. And then secondly, just to give you some insight as to how I thought I would communicate that through music, what my goals were with this, this album. And then thirdly, I'll focus a bit more in on chapters one and two, um, where y'all have covered. And um, I'll have a song or two prepared if, if, it, if, if we have time for that. So the book of Philippians, it is, as you've experienced, a, just a joyful book, not just that Paul is spending a lot of time talking about joy, but I think it really, that's what results for us as we read it. Paul wrote this um, to people that he had spent a lot of time with in Philippi as a church that he planted. And so when he wrote this letter, it's very much a friendship letter. And that's why even we, we call it solace and friends to try to evoke that with, with the music. Um, so he's, he's intimate with them. Um, he's writing it from prison. I'm sure y'all talked about where in prison there's commentators are split. It's probably Rome, but I don't, I'm not sure. And it doesn't really matter. Um, but he's writing from prison. And as y'all spent time in chapter one, that's very significant for what he says in that chapter. And he's writing with some objectives in mind. Uh, there's some issues in the Church of Philippi. Overall, the Church of Philippi is pretty healthy if you compare them to other churches like the Church at, church at Corinth or the churches at Galatia, where he's having to be a lot more stern. The most of his letter is spent encouraging them in the faith and just saying, like, keep keep going, you're doing well. But he does, he does, as we read it, seem to suggest that there are some things that they, some conflicts in there. Um, the d divisiveness that we're going to see, you see later on in chapter four about Yodi and Syntyche, um, his call to be unified that he has in chapter two. Um, he is encouraging them, them to joy, so that's an important theme. Um, and for, for my understanding of, of Philippians is that really his main objective, I would say maybe his thesis statement for the letter is in uh, chapter one, I think it's verse 27. Let me, let me read it because I think this is important. Yeah, 127, where he says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And there's a lot in that passage. I'm sure you all have spent many weeks on that, that verse right there. But Paul's saying, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel. I think that really encapsulates all of Paul's letter. And I'm no Greek scholar, but I've read enough commentaries to know that the word there, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel, it has this political citizenship meaning about it. That's it's just it's it's in the his language. And that's very important for this letter. I think really what Paul's driving at is he's calling them to be citizens of heaven. Recognize that they if they are believers, their citizenship is in heaven. And in chapter 3, that's at the back half of chapter 3, that's where he, he emphasizes that. But if you think about Philippi, its background, it was closely associated with Rome. Its allegiance was to Rome. And so as he's writing to Christians in Philippi who are engulfed in that, I think that he's really saying, you know, it's okay. Yeah, Roman rule, give to Caesar what is due to Caesar, like Christ says. But your citizenship is not on earth. It is in heaven. And so there's a lot of a lot of, a lot of musical elements that are packed into that passage there but i think that might that might be the thesis um and other things of course there's more to the letter than i just summarized but it's 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 a gem it's a jewel we love reading it um it's encouraging to us it was encouraging to his initial readers as well so he's being personal with them musically uh what i wanted to do with this 
project was to try to bring some of those themes out. And I compose in layers. So there's there's the overarching narrative of what chapters one through four Paul is saying. And I want to make sure that comes to the surface. But then there's some underlying layers. The citizenship layer is is um, is certainly there. Um, the album starts off with this militant Rome almost coming in to disrupt this uh, founding of the church that the first track is supposed to be. Because um, the founding of the church is Acts 16, Paul, he almost inadvertently, through God's providence, of course, but he kind of stumbles upon this, this group of women by the river, and the church is born from that. And uh, and so but so that's why you have this river motif, which I'll talk about in, in just a bit. But citizenship and so this why there are some some stranger songs on this album there's an, a, a song called anthem of rome because i wanted you as the listener to feel the the conflict that rome presents to them specifically what caesar presents to them and the worship of caesar as caesar in the first century was demanding like there was this this cry that caesar is lord kaiser dominus that is, is the latin of that so that you can see the more richer beauty of Christ as a head. And I do present uh, Christ and Caesar as foils to each other. So uh, Caesar demands allegiance. He puts people down. His all about rising up and suppressing and dominating. Christ is the opposite. For Christ, up is down. So to be exalted, as you just read, Jim, in Philippians 2, Christ did, uh, God did exalt Christ, but it's because he humbled himself. So Christ is a servant leader. And by pitting Caesar and um, Jesus together, I think it hopefully it brings out um, more, more visibly for us how beautiful Christ is, how wonderful the gospel is. And um, so I'm introducing the citizenship, and that's running all throughout the letter, especially when you get to chapter 3. Um, the river motif. Um, I mentioned how the Church of Philippi, it was founded by the river, and um, that's why you hear river sounds in the music itself. The album starts off with the, the birds in the background doing these nice little little thirds, and then the river comes forth. So the river symbolizes, for me, salvation. And specifically, it's, it's the kind of three aspects of salvation. I'm sure you've talked about, studied about, but um, how um, for the Church of Philippi, God justified them at the river, um, you think about how when they were converted, and so it represents justification, that immediate one-time um, action that God does for a person. It represents sanctification, the going down uh, continually to being washed by the water and the word. Um, think about baptism, but it's just it's just the continual growth, the growth, the renewal of it. So justification, sanctification, and then thirdly, glorification, how the river ultimately takes you to a destination, which is why the final track is called the Delta, and it ends with this arrival at this ocean, because God will keep his people. That's another thing that's important in Philippians, that the work that God began in them, he will finish it um, uh, as, as he, as he works, works it out with them. Um, so the river is, is an important musical element, a thematic element. Um, joy is also one that... Um, as you read all four chapters, Paul is is continually bringing up, but rejoice in the Lord and rejoice in the Lord. I, I, I'm not sure if Philippians is ultimately about joy. It's almost like this motif that just kind of keeps popping up its head at the seams of each section. Paul is always going back to joy. So it's central. It's very important to it. Um, but you can see that there's this culmination of it in chapter four where he does say rejoice. 
rejoice in the Lord. I say again to you, rejoice, don't be anxious. And he talks about contentment. So it's it's certainly at the heart of the letter. And other things. And um, a lot of different musical styles. I want the album to be enjoyable by a lot of people. Not everybody likes bluegrass. And not everybody likes jazz or blues or more classically based music. And so hopefully with the diversity in musical styles, it will it will help people, draw people in to listen more to um, to what God says through the scriptures. So um, that's an overview of what uh, I understand the letter to be about and kind of my 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 objectives with setting the music. And the, the, the cool thing about music is um, you have a chance to present the the text through poetry in my case. So I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the the scripture text and I'm paraphrasing it. I'm trying to be as close as I can to the text. But then when you when you add music to it, it gives you a fresh experience of it, I hope, at least in, in, in a good way. And it can help you to feel the text. Not that you know, God doesn't need music to help us to do that. The Holy Spirit is what you know affects our hearts. But he's given us the gift of music. And so um, if we, like even having scripture read and then music underneath of that, that can help us to feel our thoughts and to think our feelings. And that's what, in part, what worshiping in spirit and in truth is. And um, that's why it's such a joy for me to take these, you know, these wonderful books of the Bible that it's God's word for us. And there's a lot of richness there, not just that it's God speaking to us, but um, like in a literary fashion, there's um, there's just a lot of structure. There's a lot of beauty in them and trying to bring that to light and uh, using music to do that. So it's a joy for me um, to get to do that. Um, structure is is very important in my process. Knowing Paul's flow, his argument, um, and so I, I do spend a lot of time looking at outlines that commentators uh, put forward, and I generate my own um, in the end of what I, I think it is and how it best fits my telling of the narrative. But I'll just tell you one example since y'all are in chapter two. Um, you know, chapter one starts off with this introduction where he's he's being warm towards his readers, he's expressing confidence, he's thanking them, he's praying for them. He t then talks about how he's in prison but everything's okay. His hope is in Christ and even if he dies, he's going to be he's going to be fine. He tells them, um, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel that God saved you and so now live in light of that. And then he gets into chapter 2 where we just read um about being unified um and then I think from there, he launches into really the body of the letter, uh, at least in way I, in certain ways. Um, I had heard one, someone, someone tell me about how really chapters two and three, and a little bit into four, you can think about structurally that Paul is giving, if the thesis of Philippians is 127, let your, let your man of life be worthy of the gospel, he then gives three examples of what that looks like of faithfulness of being citizens of heaven and so the first one is uh, is jesus that we see paul says be humble like christ and he, and he kind of goes deep, really deep into that with the, with the christ hymn um second example it's really it's twin examples but it's timothy and epaphroditus um, of how they've been faithful how timothy as as a, a minister with paul and then epaphroditus who came from them like you know of epaphroditus like he's faithful honor these men and then the third example being Paul himself, and that's what chapter three is saying. And Paul saying, "Imitate me," and he's saying, "I, you know, I'm not boasting in my flesh. But it's what Christ has done for me. I would count all as loss for the sake of knowing and being known by Christ." And 
And so recognizing that it's really, you have those three examples, that helps to structure how the letter flows. And hopefully that, that comes out in all of this. Uh, and then uh, it, it ends with this um, speaking about joy and rejoicing and closing, closing comments. Uh, much more to the outline of the structure than, than that. But that was important for me. Um, there is a, a song. Let me check my time. Ooh, I'm, I'm blowing through time, aren't I? Um, y'all in at 942 or 842 y'all's time? Yeah, but you're, you're good, brother. You, okay, wow. You, you go until you need to go. So. Okay. Well, um, all that to say, I'll, Nobody I'll, objecting I'll, in the room. Nobody's objecting in the room here. No, that's great. Um, well, I, I did want to, uh, I'll, I'll play a song or two. Um, but last thing I'll say is with Philippians two, uh, that's why there are, there's three songs for that, that Christ Tim moment. The first song is really just about Christ as our example. And then I wanted something very glorious. Cause when we think about the Christ Tim, it's more than just, Hey, Jesus is an example for us. It's the gospel very focused for us. So that's why it's, I have that choral version of it. And then thirdly, rounding it out with showing how Anthem of Zion is much superior than the Anthem of Anthem of Rome. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of um, what I had in mind with with those. Um, I'll, I'll then move to, I guess, some some songs uh, and then maybe talk to you specifically about about that. I, I have two or three songs I could I could sing and y'all can tell me which one you would like. But um, Behind Bars, that's where Paul is and he's in prison. And he's, he's just saying, you know, it's okay. I, I, my mission is much higher than just comfort. Um, so I could talk about that one. Um, I could sing Complete My Joy. And then I could probably do a really poor version of, of, of Life and Death. So um, I, I would say yes. Okay. So <laughs> well, I'll start with um, uh, Behind Bars. And let me also just make sure y'all are aware, there's a reason why I'm not the vocalist on these projects. I'm happy to write the music being the background and I get much better singers and musicians to to perform on our albums. So accept my very humble offering of, of, of what these, these songs are intended, but you can listen to the album for the actual good versions of it. But behind bars, um, I wanted to capture the joy that Paul feels here. And I'm, I'm even using a little bit of a blues idea, a blues sound uh, to, to capture almost like this sorrowful element that is embedded in Paul's context. But then it's just rising above that at all these times. And you hear the chains, you hear the people marching in prison. It's, it's meant to be theatrical and, and fun and setting the tone for the album. And I want this album to be familial and something that is joyful. So here's, uh, here's a, a version of Behind Bars. May have heard I'm in prison like a jailbird, made to serve for the words that I spoke. Oh, Caesar told me not to go and tell the world about the hope of Jesus giving up his throne to save the souls of his opponent. It was atonement, it was meant to be a moment where the sins of all the remnant were washed away and ended. And Caesar was offended, so he threw me in a prison, and he hoped I would be quiet. But I want you to know, brothers. The prison life is treating me nice Cause I get to tell others About the love of Jesus Christ Now don't get me wrong by the tone of my song My optimism of prison is not contingent on condition My position is low Tell them Paul, how low? Well it's lower than the lowest No, my voice thinks it can go 
I get to preach to each of the prison guards. That's enough to warm this imprisoned heart. I am content to spend my life behind bars. But I want you to know, brothers, that prison life is treating me nice. Cause I get to tell others about the love of Jesus Christ. Now some preach Christ out of envy and strife, and some out of a heart that's pure and right. But what do I care as long as they hear, as long as the gospel is shared? I said I want you to know, brothers, the prison life is treating me nice. Cause I get to tell others about the love Jesus Christ I said I want you to know He wants you to know The prison life has treated me nice Cause I get to show Cause he gets to show The love and life of Jesus Christ To shine the light of Jesus Christ To shine the light of Jesus Christ Amen Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's a lesser version, but um, it's it's a fun song, and the uh, the truth should resound with us all. And I yeah. think about that that text a lot. Of if I were in Paul's shoes, would I would I con- convictionally hold to the, that that type of joy? So pray that we all would. Yeah, so that's behind bars. Um, I'll do uh, complete my joy, and then um, we can talk about of life and death. But complete my joy, since y'all are in chapter two. Um, the, the first four or five verses of, of this text, as Paul is calling them to be unified, and uh, which unity comes from humility, which is why he then points to Christ and says, if you're going to be unified, then you have to put others above yourselves. And so this is a, a call for unity. On the album version, it, it's important, it's significant that there's, you know, Kelsey's our main lead singer, she's singing it, but then there's another vocalist, Taylor Linhart, singing the harmony part, because this is setting us up for what happens in chapter four, where, where Paul calls out Yodia and Syntyche, I, I commend you two women to be unified. So here, it's two women singing the song, but for, for you all, it'll just be me. So here's Complete My Joy. If there is anything... Ooh, I forgot the words. Yeah, let me, let me pull up the words. Go try that again. If there is any encouragement, any comfort from His love, if Jesus who knows you brings peace and consoles you when suffering overcomes, complete my joy by being joined as one. If the Spirit bears you fellowship, if He tells you that you belong, if your thoughts and your actions are filled with compassion, then the Spirit's works begun complete my joy by being joined in one mind one heart one you need to be one
complete my joy by being joined in one mind, one heart, one, one mind, one heart, one. You need to be one. Let pride and rivalry be cast aside for unity and love for one another have regard for your sisters and your brothers brothers You say you need an example of what it means to live this way. Well, pay close attention, there's three that I'll mention. Thanks. Well, I know I'm at the about the time you told me to stop talking, so hopefully that I am. And I this breaks my heart to say yes. We we probably do need to stop, but uh, I will tell you I, I I wanted my class to hear a few things today. One was uh, that there are themes and concepts that run all the way through books of the Bible, and pulling those out and focusing on those is really really helpful and, and beneficial to us. And two. Um, there are, you know, the, the, the spirit gives us gifts and abilities and talents and whatnot, but, but we are to use what we are blessed with for God's glory and for his kingdom, uh, for the advancement of the kingdom. And I, I just want to say, thank you for using what God has put in your hand for his glory in a way that I don't think anybody in this room could possibly do. Uh, but you have blessed us and you have encouraged us and we want to be a blessing to you. Uh, so I heard on one of your podcasts that you that you recorded that uh, I think we emailed about this too, maybe that you're going to be adopting a little girl at the end of the month. So how could we pray for you and your family in that? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Yes, yeah, so the plan is we're, we're matched with the birth mother right now and uh, she's due at the end of the month. And if you all know much about adoption, um, even when you're matched, doesn't guarantee anything. So um, as we're, we've been waiting very patiently and that the Lord would sustain us, strengthen our faith for whatever happens. Um, the book of Philippians is very convicting in that way because Paul tells us to be content whether he has a lot or he has little in chapter four, especially. But that, that the Lord would give us that type of, of Pauline um, strength and faithfulness. And just for the birth mother and the, the little little girl, um, whatever happens. But Lord willing, in the next two, three weeks, we'll, um, we'll be walking that path and we'll see what the Lord does in our lives. Amen. Well, we have uh, several families in our class and many in our church that have gone through that process. Uh, and I, we've got some tears being shed right now for knowing that journey and that process. So uh, we'll certainly be in prayer for you and your family. 
uh, and for Elowen, because introducing a new uh, sibling to the mix is always a lot of fun. That's right. uh, always. Every moment of that is a joy. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll, brother, we'll, we'll definitely be praying for you. Uh, so thank you again. We greatly appreciate you being here with us today. Uh, and if you guys, again, are interested in uh, the music uh, from Dr. Curtis, uh, that's available at salos.com. That's P-S-A-L-L-O-S. -L -L There's also a variety of ways to support them in their ministry there. I won't go into all that, but uh, you've got a new supporter in our family, and uh, we are we're thrilled that you again you're here with us. We thank you for that. Uh, so I'll I'll turn to my class now. So we'll do the normal stuff at this point. So you've got uh, the weekly updates on your tables. So if you would pick a section, pray over that section. Make sure each table is praying for. Uh, Dr. Curtis and his family and their upcoming adoption. And uh, once you finished praying as a table, you are free to go and to worship this one who is worthy to have all the things that he has put in our hands used for his glory, whether it be song, whether it be writing, whether it be living the life, whether it be whatever skill set that God has given you, uh, please use that for God's glory. Uh, and that and the unity of the church and the joy that comes from that. All right, guys, thanks so much. Uh, it's good to see you and uh, grace and peace to you. Thanks.